We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Today I want to talk about built for glory. When God created you and I, He created and built us so that we would be able to live with His glory upon us. He created us for a purpose. I have found, um, I've told people all my life, if you see me on the side of the road with the hood of my car lifted up, stop. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay? I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. I don't have any of those skills. But I do know some basics. I have found, that especially when it comes to being a mechanic, that when you're a really good mechanic, you have a lot more tools than I do. In my simple little toolbox, I have the basics. But one of my greatest tools that I have in my toolbox is a hammer. Right? It doesn't work, just hit it. The second thing is an adjustable wrench. How many know what an adjustable wrench is? I have found that real mechanics don't really use adjustable wrenches. They have the exact tool made for that particular job. And now even more I have found with today's automobiles that there are places on that motor that the average person cannot get to because they have a wrench that has seven or eight bins in it with different angles on it that they can stand on top of the car and get to something under the bottom of it and it's easy. With my adjustable wrench, I am busting knuckles and I am calling upon God. That's my interpretation. But I have found that these wrenches are made for a purpose. And they're used only for that purpose. When God built you and I, when He created us, He created us in what we call imagio Deo, in the image of God. And He created us for one specific purpose. To be used for His glory and to be able to contain His glory. Don't be affected by the lights. We're having some kind of lighting issues. Good morning over there. I just saw you over there. Hey, we're all together now. Okay. Awesome. But we're built for a specific purpose. When we are not used for that specific purpose, it doesn't work out very well for us. God made us for a reason, with a calling upon our life, with a purpose. He says that we are called sons of God. Now, in God's viewpoint, He does not see race, nor does He see gender. But son equals a position. So when we are called sons of God, it means that we are put in a position of being a child of God. So he doesn't see male or female or he doesn't see race. So we're all, whether we're male or female or whatever race we are, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are sons of the Most High God. So it's position that he has made us for. 
We learned through Adam, that I want to state this every week, that Adam, when he was created, was crowned with glory. But he sinned and lost the glory. That glory has authority. He lost the authority that God gave him. But he also lost how he was created in part of that. Because God had created him to house glory. And so we find that when you lose glory, it affects everything in your life. When Adam lost it, he lost his ruling position. No longer did everything around him respond to his words. So he had to begin to work hard, sweat his brow. All of creation went into a curse because of that sin. When Jesus, the second Adam, came, he said, I'm coming to restore the glory. Now, the kingdom of God, it specifically says in the Word of God, the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. That's what the kingdom of God is. So today, if we want the kingdom of God restored in our lives, we, we should have joy, right? Joy. It's not just an emotion. It's a position. I'm in the position of having joy in my life. I want to have peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I want to have joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. But I want to have righteousness. And that righteousness is not my acts. But I am put in a position of righteousness because of Jesus Christ. I am now a son. I am righteous. I am now a son of God. I am holy. I am a son of God. I am favored by God. I am the apple of his eye. I am his chosen child. On and on and go, I could go with these descriptions. Because of the position, and now we understand that we were built for the glory of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. I want to read verses 5 through 8. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone is testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor. We understand that when he made us a little lower than angels, that word is not angelos, which is angels, but the word is Elohim. He made us just a little lower than himself. He put us in a place, a position of authority. He gave us authority to rule and reign over this earth. This earth is God's. He owns it. But He has put us as stewards over this earth. Verse 8, And He put everything, say the word everything, everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Everyone. Now look at verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he Suffer. The kingdom of God is not things, it's not stuff, but it's joy and peace and righteousness. 
Jesus came to restore the kingdom. Look at Matthew 6, 33. But seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, then all these things will be given to you as well. All what things? All the things of the kingdom will be given to us. We need the joy when we think about what God has done for us. How many of you get joy-filled when you think about what God has done for you? Amen. How many can tell me the time and the place where you got saved? Lift your hand. I can. I think about it. I remember it. It brings joy to my life. It brings joy to my life when I think about all He's done for me. I get peace in my life when I know what God will do for me. Times of trouble, and God is right there. Peace. Righteousness because I know He is in me. And He built me for His glory. And He built you for His glory. I want this thesis to come to you today. When we do things that we were not built to do, it will harm us. Okay? I want you to understand that. God built us to do certain things. When we do other things, it will harm us. If I had the correct wrench, I would not be skinning my knuckles. If I had the correct wrench, I would not be so frustrated. In life, I have found people who, who hurt themselves and who get so frustrated, but it's only because they're trying to do things that God did not build them to do. When we do things that God built us to do, our lives become blessed. Blessed. A few weeks ago, I preached on Lazarus. Now, they, they told Jesus he's about to die. Mary and Martha send word. Uh, Jesus hears it, and then he waits. He doesn't come, right? He shows up after Lazarus is dead. Now, Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come to heal him, right? So healing was their ceiling. That, that was the ceiling. Man, if, if they can, if he can heal my brother, that's the top, man. That's the ceiling of it. Jesus said, I want to show you a glory that you've not yet seen before. Here's your ceiling. I want to go here. So he waited until he died. And then he comes to the grave. He stands at the front of it. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. Now Lazarus comes forth in his grave clothes. You can get whatever visual you want. Uh, I, I've kind of seen the grave clothes. I kind of think he, he either waddled out like a penguin or hopped out, whatever. But he came to Jesus. When he got to the outward part, Jesus then told those that were standing there, now you loose him so that he can be free. Church, we were built by God to live in freedom. Not bondage. When we do things we're not built for, we get into bondage. We get into to, uh, places that we are not in living a free life. He came to Jesus because he was called by Jesus. And how many know that every one of us today are called by God to be sons and daughters of God? But he came in his current condition. Now I want you to get this because last Sunday the Holy Spirit just spoke something to me at the end of the service and I got so excited. Last Sunday we, we came to the altars and we prayed and, and God said, I'm making this shift 
happen in the church. I said, what is it? He said, I'm going to shift to where everyone right now that's coming to PCA, listen, here's going to be the shift. You're going to start coming to church not because you have needs. You're going to start coming to church because you want to help get somebody else loose. You're going to come to church, hey, I know who I am. I know how much God loves me. I know that I'm blessed. Today I'm going to church and I'm looking around for somebody who's coming to Jesus in their current condition. They still got something in their life that's keeping them bound up. I'm going to help loose them. So it's going from a focus on us going, God, I need everything you got, to saying, God, I'm ready to help somebody else live the life of freedom that I'm now experiencing in Jesus Christ. I want them to be set free. They're not there yet, but we're going to help them. I believe God's going to use every one of you to help other people get free, get loosed. Now, when they come, they're going to come in their grave clothes. See, when I grew up, it wasn't really a process. It was supposed to be, hey, you, you should be set free from everything. I remember growing up, people come to the altar, they get saved. Well, you better quit everything that you're doing that's wrong. Well, not everybody did that. Sometimes people still had some bondages in their life. And so they look at them and go, well, you must not have really got saved. Because I mean, you know, there's always somebody who got saved that God just took everything from them. God doesn't do that for most people. God calls them. They respond, here I am, Lord, I want you. And then he looks at us and says, now you loosen. You help them know what needs to be loosed out of their life. You help them get free from the bondages of their past. I know people today that have been saved 20 and 30 years that are still in bondage to things in their past. Listen, God wants to set you free. God wants you to be free. Why? So you can help someone else get free. Now listen, that's the church I want to be a part of. Isn't it what you want to be a part of? When people walk in, we gather around them, and we, we talk to them on Mondays. Hey, how's it going? Well, I'm having a tough day today. Uh, So-and-so made me mad. <laughs> well, I love that. Well, let me, let's pray with you about your anger. Let's pray with you because God's going to help you in this. Let's pray with you about this addiction. Why? Because when people come, they're coming as they are. Okay? But God says, I don't want you to stay as you are. I want you to be free because I built you for my glory. I want you to know what it's like to live a life of joy and peace and righteousness. I want you to know what it's like to have a mind that's, that's thinking the right things, a body that's doing the right things, a life to where everything in your life is joy-filled and peace-filled and filled with righteousness. God says, that's the kind of church I want you to be. So we have got to get past what we have to have and begin to start looking around at what does someone else need. What does someone else need? Now listen, as a pastor, i got to tell you what, I work on myself all week long so I can get ready to be able to help somebody else on Sundays. I'm asking you to do the same thing. Let's start working on ourselves all week long so we can enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, and we begin to say, Lord, I'm not here today for me, but I'm here for somebody else. God sends somebody else into the church today that is bound up in their life. I want to help them get free today. I want to be their friend. 
I want to come along and help them in the process. It may take a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever, but I want to help them get free. I want to loose the grave clothes off of them. Lazarus came as he was. There are people today who need to come to Christ. Maybe some in this house this morning who need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We can get bound up today with alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever it is. Pornography, on and on the list goes. It can be a bondage in our lives. And I'm telling you, God did not build us for that. We were built for His glory. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. In other words, receive the ones in their grave clothes, in their present condition, who are being called. God calls them, gives them a new life, then He looks to the church and says, Church, loose them. Help them get free. Show them how to pray. Show them how to read the Word of God. Show them how to walk by faith and not by sight. Show them what it's like to go through struggles in life and be victorious and be a conqueror. I want you to help them get rid of their past. Help them get rid of the grave clothes so they can walk in the freedom that I've called them to walk in. We can't expect people to come in and get saved and automatically just take off walking. You can't do that. They're, they're babes in Christ. They need all of us to help them get through the process. I thank God I helped, had people in my life who helped remove some of the bondages in my life. I thank God for that. We were built for glory. And today the church is arguing over disputable matters. The little things that really don't matter. But they're arguing over them. People are walking in needing to hear the truth. And they hear the church arguing over what colors of the chairs ought to be. Or, or complaining, well, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too loud, it's too quiet. They didn't sing the right song. Oh, church, there's an eternal weight happening in every service. People are walking in. I'm in need. I've got grave clothes. I'm bound up by things in this life. I want a church that will help get me free. I want a preacher that will preach the truth. I want some people with some faith who will rise up and say, Hey, God loves you. And we're here to love you through all the time. All of it. Lazarus did not smell good when he came out. He didn't look good. And i got to tell you, this world... It will bring all kind of filth into lives. And it's not ever going to be pretty. But we were built for glory. We were built in God's image. And if we oppose God's laws, it will bring harm to us. When God tells us not to do certain things, it's not because, well, God just not, He just doesn't want me to have any fun. No, He wants you to have fun. But he knows you weren't built to do that. It's going to cause you harm. It will bring you harm. We were built to live a certain lifestyle. God, God says that we were to love one another. Absolutely. That, that's a healthy thing, isn't it? Loving everybody. It's a healthy thing when we handle love relationships in the right way. Dating, marriage, children. God says, I've got a way to do this where I'll bring my glory into it. But if you do it another way, it's going to bring harm to you. There's been a couple of things in my life that I felt like God always called me to do. To debunk two myths about assembly of God, Pentecostal people. When I was growing up, I didn't want anybody to call me Pentecostal. 
I didn't want that. Well, I didn't think that we were weirdos. But the two of the myths that I grew up with in, the, in my life was number one, the myth that if anybody believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that you were probably ignorant. You were not very intelligent because intelligent people did not believe in that. And I thought, Lord, I'm a smart guy. And I believe in this. I think the smarter you are, the more you should believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The other myth was that all uh, Pentecostal people who, who believed in all the gifts, what I've never understood is we believe in all the fruit, we don't believe in all the gifts. Isn't that crazy? Never understood that. But, it, but you, you were not very smart if you believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second myth was that in order to be a really good Christian, you had to be poor. Anybody know that myth? Yeah. Because here's the verse given. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. So anybody that had money, they can't love God. Preachers used to have to take a vow of poverty just to be able to preach. And yet everything I find in God's Word, God is about blame. He's God. Just look at the tabernacle that He had built for Himself. Look at the temple that He had built for Himself. Look at everything about heaven. Oh my goodness. He's not using wood, hay, stubble. Well, give me the leftovers from the other building projects. No. Everything God does is excellent. Excellent. And I grew up in church to where, well, let's just give our leftovers to God. People would come to church, they wouldn't pick out any songs because if you picked out songs, you were taking the Holy Spirit out of the service. What? And preachers couldn't figure out what they're going to preach in advance because the Holy Spirit would not annoy anything that was thought out in advance. Heard the joke this time about, about the preacher living next door to the church. And they go, Pastor, how do you get your messages? He goes, well, when I leave the house, I start praying. And by the time I get to church, God's given me a message. So the board bought him a house 20 miles away. <laughs> Listen, our God is a God of excellence. Look at it. everything he does in the book is organized. It's thought out. It's well prepared. The, the psalmist even said, how excellent is thy name, O Lord. Everything he does, he organized the people that were coming out of Egypt and said, okay, this is how I want it done. When Jesus wants to feed a thousands and thousands of people, he goes, let's get organized. Let's get this thing thought out. I, I got so aggravated growing up, going to churches of a similar God. And, and if you started on time, you wasn't really spiritual. We gotta wait 15, 20 minutes so God can get here. Like if you say you're gonna start at 10:30, start at 10:30, not 11. You walk in the church at 10:30, they're out there tuning. What are we gonna sing today, George? Oh, I don't know. We just let the Lord lead us. <laughs> and the Lord didn't lead most of it because He's not gonna be in that disorganization. I have found the more I pray and the more I seek God and seek His face, the more He gives me organization and the more He begins to bless my life and give me more and more blessings. Why? Because we were built for this stuff. He built us to say, I want to crown you with glory. I want to give you authority. I want to give you the best things in life because you're my kids.
Look at this, Proverbs 10, 15. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but poverty is the ruin of the poor. Listen, God doesn't want us to be the tail. He wants us to be the head. He doesn't want us to be the borrowers. He wants us to be the lenders. He wants people to look at us and go, you must be blessed, but look at your life. Look at your family. Look at your job. Look at everything about you. Yes, I'm blessed. Why? I'm built for the glory of God. Righteousness, joy, peace is in my life. We are built in God's image and we are built to prosper in every way. Most of all, spiritually. Seek first the kingdom. First the kingdom. I'll tell you what we are not built for. We were not built for sin. We're not built for that. Sin will cause us to be weak. It is a foreign product into our body that we were not built for. We were not built for unrighteousness. It goes against the laws of God and it harms us. I have found that today kids really do want discipline. They want guidelines and guardrails. They want parents to go, you can do this and you can do this, but you cannot do this. And God's a good father. He says, listen, I know what I built you for and all this is good for you. But if you do this or this, it's going to bring harm in your life. It's going to cause you problems. It's going to bring disease into your life. It's going to cause you to be weak. It's going to cause you not to have authority. Uh, the glory is not going to be able to be there. Why? Because you're, you're, you're letting your body and your mind be used in ways that you were not built to be used for. It brings us harm. Sin is not what we're built for. We're built for the glory. We are not built for anger. Anger will destroy you. A root of bitterness will eat away at you. I've talked with people in Palka who haven't been in church in 10 or 15 years because of, of anger and hurt and bitterness that got put into to their lives because of church. Probably because we were arguing over some disputable matter. I don't know. It's usually not the big things that cause problems, it's the little things. Anger. That don't mean we can't get upset. I, I get upset all the time, don't you? I have kicked my weed eater all over the place. <laughs> I get upset. I, I think you have to be human, you know, to get upset. I thank God for an eight-foot wood fence around my backyard. I hope there's a sound barrier somewhere. I just think weed eaters are just demon-possessed. I don't know <laughs> And here's another thing. This is not my nose. Here's another thing. Why is it every time you get a blower out to blow the grass off your driveway, the wind's blowing in the opposite direction? It's, it's, it's a law that somehow is in effect that, that fights against me every time I get the, the, the blower out. Anyway, we're not built for anger. We're not built to, to cause harm to other people by words that we say. We're not built for hatred. There's a lot of hatred in our society today. And we were not built for that. God is love. And we're to love our enemies. We're to pray for our enemies. We're to love for those who despitefully use us. 
There's, there's no place in our body and in our minds for hatred. God didn't build that. And if you have hatred in your life, it's going to bring harm to you. Not to anybody else. It's harm to you. The reason why we have so many diseases in our world today is people have used their bodies in ways that God said, I did not build you to be used like that. The reason why we have so many issues with our mental health is we're thinking things and, and, and following through on things that we were not built to think about. Philippians tells us what to think about. Everything that's good and righteous and holy and good report and on and on. All the impact girls know that verse. We know what we're supposed to do. We're built for glory. And because of that, if we do things we're not built for, guess what? It brings restriction and bondage into our lives. We can't help lose somebody else because we're worried about getting ourselves loose. And God said, hey, I built you to be free. We are built to be a blessing to everyone around us. If we live for things that we are not built for, it will call issues in our own lives. And in the lives of all those people around us. And the church needs to be not dealing with all the issues. But the church needs to have the answer for all the issues. Other places in town can help you deal with issues. But the church comes in and says, hey, we know somebody who can help set you free. We know who can call you by name. Who knows everything about you. And you are going to bring glory. Jesus said, I came not to heal Lazarus, but I, hear, I came here to show forth the glory of God. Sometimes my bad situations in my life will cause other people to see God's glory. I may not enjoy it, but God says you need to go through it so that someone else can see my glory in your life. And sometimes that happens to you too. You may go through some horrific things. You may go, God, why am I going through this? But there may be somebody watching your life and they see something different in you. How can you handle that? Well, I'll tell you, it's not because of me. I've got nothing to do with it. But it's because Christ in me has given me the kingdom of God. I have joy Peace and righteousness. Yeah. How do I go through the hard things? How do I keep from getting bound up in hatred and anger and sin? How do I keep these things from affecting my life? Because I have one who has set me free. And listen, once you have felt freedom, it's hard to go back to being bound up. The Bible says we're to be like little calves let loose from a stall. You ever seen that? I'm sure you have in Oklahoma. Get the little calves and they've been in a little stall and they've been there with mama for a few days and all of a sudden it's not time now to let them out. And man, they just kick up their heels and they're running and playing and it's the most joyful thing you can watch, a little calf. And the Bible says that's the way we are to be. Why? We've been set free. We're, we're to be filled with joy. Yeah. We're to be filled with peace of God and righteousness so that we can help someone else get loose. Just because they, they, they are saved doesn't mean that they've gotten rid of all their past and the bondages. There's some of you here today that you are still struggling with forgiveness of something that happened 
in your past. And I'm telling you, today is the day for you to get set free from that bondage today. There's some of you here today who love God with all your heart and you're serving Him and you're doing it, but there's that one thing that you just can't seem to get out of your life, to get over in your life, whatever it may be. And I'm here today to tell you, I believe today, in the next few moments, God is going to speak to your heart and set you free. Would you stand with me today? I've been praying this all week long. Father, you know who to have in the service this morning. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.